1: Hello and welcome to the Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett. Rob, how are you doing, mate?
2: Not too bad today, Scott. I think we're at the end of the tour now, looking forward to the new season. We're just chatting that it's only a few days away now from the Community Shield, so things start to get real, I think, for me around then. I start thinking more about football. But we'll try and talk to you today about some of the Manchester United stuff in terms of the ball at their feet. And also, obviously, go into the latest transfer news. Do you feel like the season's coming too early? It's a weird year, isn't it? Because mm. it is a world cup year, but it doesn't feel like it. So normally, of a world cup year, you're looking 12 months ahead and going, Hmm, there's a big summer tournament coming. We plan your year out with work and with football, and then you get to this world cup. But of course, it's not going to be like that. I think we're going to it's going to feel strange having a World Cup in the winter, something I totally disagree with as well. I don't think we should be having this World Cup in the winter. And it's going to stretch plans for the football club, for Man United and every football club. So, no, I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it feels like the season is here. And was there much of an off-season? I don't know. Probably not enough of players. What I'll say is this. I would not be surprised that we get to November, December this year. might be some serious injuries, because I think players will, will be forced to play and find it difficult to deal with the workload.
1: Those players who are not going to the World Cup might get a month off, Uh, might be a nice ability to go on holiday for them. But there will be definitely players who are running to the ground over the course of this season, especially the ones that go late into the World Cup. But uh, yes, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is obviously trying to prime himself for the World Cup as well, because Portugal are going. He's due back at Carrington on or he's already apparently back at Carrington due to speak to Eric Ten Hag on Tuesday as we record this. We'll talk about that today. We'll talk about potential options, about where he could go. Atletico Madrid, I don't think we've talked about yet. We'll talk about Ronaldo's potential replacements. Benjamin Sesko is the latest name uh, to come onto the agenda. Uh, We'll talk Anthony. We'll talk uh, Eric Bailly potentially going to Roma. We'll talk some preseason tour reactions as well. And Paul Pogba has been, well... Pulled up, injured uh two months out with an injury to his meniscus, which is uh, mm. unfortunate, but obviously doesn't play for Man United anymore. So uh that's not a problem that United have to deal with anymore. Because he was Paul who? Quite a lot. Paul <laughs> who? Do we even talk about him today, Rob?
2: Uh, he oh, doesn't play for us. So, anyway. I, it's one of those funny things, isn't it? Because I, I was thinking this yesterday when the injury was announced and it was a meniscus tear, obviously eight weeks. I just thought, imagine that now. In the Man United universe, just take that new story and that player, yeah. plop him in the middle of the Ten Hag project. And what would we be talking about for an hour today? Is How does Manchester United survive without Paul Pogba? Should they even survive without Paul Pogba? Should they have got rid of this guy rather than giving him a big contract? Does he have injury problems? All of those things we would have been talking about in depth. It's quite nice to just maybe talk about it on the outside and just allow Juventus people now to worry about it. (laughs) You
1: can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. And watch us twice a week on YouTube on Tuesdays and Fridays. So head over to that channel. The Promised Land and Manchester United podcast, I believe, is the full long name that you should type into your Google search engine thing uh, to find us. Hit the like button on today's video and all of the videos that we've done so far. Subscribe, join the community, and the link should be in the description of this episode as well if you're listening on one of those audio platforms I mentioned. And on Twitter, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Mu for the show. Get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know who you think Man United should sign before the end of the transfer window, which I believe is about five weeks away, give or take. I'm going to try getting through today's show without... Mentioning that guy, uh just Frankie D. Frank, Frankie
2: de Frankie D. Frank Frankie DeRong. I've started to call yeah. him.
1: Yeah, because I
2: mean... because what can you do about Frankie Dion? Frankie DeRong? Because it just feels all wrong, doesn't it? Now everything about it. So I don't know. We might have to touch on him because it just seems to be the never-ending saga. The the soap opera Scott that we said weeks ago. We didn't want. We didn't want to talk about it like this. We didn't want it to go on and on and on think man united have got some big decisions to make now because do we want to be part of barcelona's meta universe you know i really really don't think we want to and it just seems to drag on forever and ever doing my head in rob let's let's do let's switch our attentions to another
1: story that's probably doing a lot of people's heads in cristiano ronaldo is back in manchester do i think he flew back on monday according to various sources Back at Carrington, the players after their tour of Australia were given Monday off, and I think they, they're all yeah. due in today, Tuesday, as we record this. Ronaldo due to speak to Eric Ten Hag about his future, and the indications are Eric Ten Hag will tell him that he would like to keep him, apparently. Uh, and the indications are also that Ronaldo will double down and say, no, I want to go. So, uh... Where does this leave us? Are we just going to... Is Ronaldo going to turn up and start training and then let George Mendes weave his magic in the background to hope he can magically create some kind of destination that Ronaldo can move to before the start or before the end of the transfer window? Or is Ronaldo going to stay?
2: I think if George Mendes can do his magic, and we know that George Mendes in terms of agency is magical, he can do those things. He can find money where there isn't money. Then, okay, I think he leaves the football club. However, I have no doubt there's no way he'll be going back to Carrington today if that was completely 100% the case. Why? Why go and talk to Eric Ten Hag if you've totally made your mind up? So we do know that Cristiano is pushing for a move. We know the reasons for that. There's a lot of this about his own history, his own kind of selfish needs. He wants to score goals. He wants to kind of keep that record going. He wants to keep up with Messi. He doesn't want to end his career now in the back end of his 30s going, oh, you know, I was great, wasn't I, for 15 years, but then I just kind of lost it and it was Man United's fault. That's not what he wants. He wants to go somewhere where he is the archetypal striker. He's the Godhead. He will get to do everything he wants to do. That's how Cristiano works. Um, But the fact that he's reporting for training, I think that's quite interesting because Cristiano doesn't report for training. He doesn't need to in his head. He does not need to come back to Carrington if he's not willing to at least have a conversation. So, you know, we know there's this other flip side of it as well, Scott, is that Eric Ten Hag doesn't really want Ronaldo. Not really. You know, he wants Ronaldo in the sense of, I'd rather have Ronaldo than no one, because who wouldn't? But, you know, we talk about targets. Man United are shopping for a striker, but there's nothing really 100% imminent. So, you know, if you had a a complete replacement for Ronaldo tomorrow, we know that Anthony is that player in the squad. If United could get Anthony, then I think they would look at the attack and kind of go like for like um, and move some pieces around. Great. But I think with Ronaldo, this, this conversation is either going to be the make or the break today. It's either going to be where United say that is completely the end and Cristiano, many thanks, shake hands. But Cristiano doesn't go back to Carrington to empty his locker and do all that stuff and see the squad. Can you imagine how difficult that is? That's uh, it's not a good conversation to have, is it? So I think he would have uh, probably just stayed in Portugal and just let this r- ride it out until a club comes forward. I think the bigger issue for Cristiano is that that club is probably not out there for him. Well, let's talk Atletico Madrid
1: because we haven't talked about them yet. Yeah, uh, I think the, the word's been out this since the back end of last week. Uh, suggestions are: I think they they were there was a point where they distanced themselves from this transfer. They can't yeah. afford it. This kind of stuff, which obviously is the case with most clubs out there, they don't really want to put a thirty-seven, thirty-eight year old man, even though he's one of the greatest players of all time, on as the in as their highest earner by a mile, because that's where he is at United as well. And that's probably what Ronaldo will expect, even though word is he would be willing to take a pay cut in in order to join a Champions League club. But there there have been suggestions last few days that Atletico Madrid could potentially look to distance themselves or move on from Antoine Griezmann, who is... Do you know the exact case with Antoine Griezmann and and Barcelona and Atletico Madrid? I, I believe last year he was signed on loan, and Atletico are paying all of his wages in full. Uh, They have an option to make the deal permanent, but I don't believe, I haven't seen that they have it. If you do know in the comments what what the latest is with that, let us know, because I am not entirely sure what's going on there, but word is that they would like to ship him out, but then you have the same problem. Massive earning player, where does he go? That's going to take a long time. So do you think that Atletico Madrid is a viable option for him? We've seen fans protesting, (laughs) taking one of Real Madrid's legends uh, back to Madrid. But on the other side, he scored plenty of goals against them as well.
2: And stopped them winning Champions Leagues Mm. directly. So I think with, with Atletico Madrid, there are issues that are much more fraught than maybe people are paying attention to. This isn't really the same as Ronaldo being linked to Manchester City over Man United. This is a lot hotter. There's a lot more heat here. I don't really think Atletico Madrid fans want Cristiano Ronaldo at their club. They just do not. It's just, it would be sacrilege. You know, the the, the, the fact that Atletico, Atletico Madrid are the football club of the people of Madrid, and then you've got the royalty of Real Madrid, the opposite... Sw- polar end of the spectrum and Ronaldo is the biggest Galactico of all time. So I don't think the Atletico Madrids would be at all up for this and I'm not quite sure Atletico Madrid themselves, like you just highlighted some of the financial issues there. It's a big gamble bringing him in. It doesn't mean that you're better, does it? And it's kind of like Man United, it's the same thing. Ronaldo will always score goals wherever he is, could be in your local park down there and he'll score 100 goals in it because that's what he does but does he make you better does he make you win and i don't know if with atletico madrid would they be better than barcelona and real madrid next season probably not with ronaldo up top so there's that thing about as you said champions league and ronaldo's desires for that i don't believe that either i still think Ronaldo's just kind of doing a load of stats padding (laughs) that that he likes to do um but i think that this might come and go we're playing atletico madrid aren't we in the, in the days ahead at Man United, says, this is going to come to a head. But well, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something very positive out of Carrington in the next day or two after this meeting with Eric Ten Hag. Positive in which sense, Rob? Positive in the sense that for all the Ronaldo fanboys out there and fangirls who are desperate for him to stay at the football club, and there's a lot of them, I'd say half of United's fans are like that, they want to hear something positive. They want to see that picture of Eric with his arm round Cristiano with the rain falling down on them in the middle of Manchester and people going, oh, look, there he is with Christian Eriksen next to him and Lissandra Martinez and he's now training with Man United again. That's that. I, I just don't know if there's a market out of Cristiano. He has a desire to leave, but if he can't leave, what does he do? He's got to play and he knows it. So I think we're coming to that crossroads where we'll find out one way or the other.
1: Will he play every minute? Do you think if let, let's let's say if he does, if everything's forgotten about Ten Hag gets him back, Ronaldo comes in and it's like I want to play every single minute of every single game. Do you think that's going to happen, or if is Ten Hag going to look at him and be like, "No, nope, you're you're going to live by my rules. You're a squad player. I'll play
2: you when I want." Well, Cristiano is already fully aware of that. He doesn't need to meet meet Eric Ten Hag for that. They have had a conversation. And the conversation did go along the lines of what you just said there. It's like, you're not going to play every minute because that's how it is. And this is how I'm going to run this football club. (coughs) Excuse me. And this, that's just the, the bottom dollar, and you're going to have to suck that up. And this is exactly why Cristiano threw his toys out the pram, told his agent to go and find him another football club because he wants to play every minute. So I think the whole thing of this now in terms of the wages is that Man United are going to pay him something around the amount of around 360 uh, a, a week. That's agreed prior with obviously no Champions League this year. That's a contractual change. So he will stay at the football club on that pretty good money, but he's going to have to suck it up. He might not like it but he's not going to play every minute. Why should he pay every minute, Scott? We won't even turn up for pre-season. So this is That's the thing exactly now. It. That's exactly it. That's... So this is exactly what the manager's going to say to him. The manager's going to go, you're an icon. You're a great goal scorer. You didn't turn up for pre-season. Martial is playing really in well. that,
1: by the way, with personal reasons. We don't know the circumstances behind that. But obviously, in the background, there has been work on his there, departure.
2: There, there's obviously been personal issues behind, and that is the caveat. But do you know what? Cristiano's been showing plenty enough on his social media that he's training. He could have got on a plane, he's got a private jet, and gone to wherever Man United are in the world in their training camps. Could have done it, Scott. There's no issues there. So he's been doing all those things. But this is why I'm saying this might come to, out to a positive resolution, because I think that, that ultimately Man United haven't got a number nine. Coming in yet, and we'll talk about a potential striker, but if you're looking at someone you know at the elite level, Ronaldo's still going to give you goals, but will he affect your press? Will he affect your ball retention will he will he work the spaces off the ball? We know all those things are going to be a massive problem. that's up to the manager to solve, so I feel all right about that because I think this manager's already shown in a very short space of time he's got a good grip on all those issues in terms of the tactics, so he's going to say in some games, yeah. You're playing a team today that are weak. We can play with the number nine up top. And guys, get the ball to Ronaldo. He'll score a hat-trick or win the game. It's about winning matches, isn't it, Scott? So this is, I think, where we'll go now. And as I said, I think Cristiano won't start every game. He just simply cannot. He has not got the legs. You've seen how hard Man United have been working in pre-season and why the shape and tactics are working under Ten Hag in the earliest days. It's because everyone is working. And Cristiano's got to buy in. If he doesn't buy in, he will sit on his backside, and he'll be told why. So I'm all on it. I think Terry Ten Hag. I'm with him, and 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 if if Cristiano stays for another year, so be it. Thanks a lot. Score some goals. Work hard, and if you've got to sit on the bench, sit on the bench.
1: You know that the inevitable. He's dropped Ronaldo. Endless. Uh... Endless media reports that will be oh totally. Ten Hag's got it wrong if they if United draw one one with a team they shouldn't be drawing with it's well Ronaldo should have played there shouldn't he or Ten Hag's not managing Ronaldo properly I actually back Ten Hag to manage this properly uh, I don't know whether that's I, yeah. my optimism I would I would probably back him to come out in a press conference and say no player is bigger than the club this is the way that we're going to do it this is the decision
2: I made I'm the manager. I have right. complete confidence that's exactly what he'll do. I've got no, like. this is what I'm saying. It's like, it's all about trust, isn't it? So I think with Ole and Ronaldo, I remember when he dropped Ronaldo for that Everton game and I can remember going to the ground and hearing it all. And it, and it was just like, he's dropped Ronaldo. He's dropped Ronaldo. What's going on here? And then Ronaldo came off for the last 20 minutes and was shocking, like awful, just stood around, didn't do anything, just terrible. There's always going to be that. I don't think Eric Ten Hag gives two hoots. I don't think he's Mm. interested. He's like, I'm here to win football matches. And if Ronaldo can help me win this game, because we're playing Brentford and Brentford are having a bad day at the office, I'm going to stick Ronaldo up top. We're going to give him the ball in a box. He'll score tons of goals and we'll be all right. I think that's okay. You know, you will be able to change stuff. I think we've already seen with Ten Hag in this pre-season, he's willing to tweak positions to get what he wants out of that team. And I think he'll do it with Ronaldo. I don't think he will think for one second that Ronaldo is bigger than him problem with Ole was there was always that, was that it's now Ronaldo that runs the club, not Ole and Solskjaer. When Ranjit came in, Ranjit wanted to do a certain style of football. They all went, no chance, mate. We're not running around for you. And obviously the season went the way the season went. So I don't feel at all that Cristiano will have that same dressing room power or individual star power when it comes to the team and choices, because I think this is Eric Ten Hag's team. And I think he's going to be a little bit more like Sir Alex Ferguson with Ronaldo in the early days, being a leader and being the mentor of the team, as opposed to someone like Ole, who just felt forced to play him because he couldn't deal with the fallout.
1: I mean, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Chelsea, as, as Harry, uh, our producer, mentioned just before we started, Chelsea lost 4-0 to Arsenal uh, in the US a few days ago, ruled themselves. Uh, Thomas Tuchel doesn't want him doesn't want Cristiano Ronaldo in his front line. Will Todd Boley look at at the preseason that Chelsea have had? Will he look at Tuchel's noises that he's making? Will he look at the attack that is really not up to scratch, to be honest, for what Chelsea's ambitions are, and go, well, I'm going to plunk Ronaldo out of United and put him in Chelsea's team. Do you think this is a potential scenario that... I mean, like I, I don't think he'll end up going to Chelsea now. It seems like that's that, but... That's not to say... It's not to say that there's no guarantee that Ronaldo will... That there's a guarantee that Ronaldo will stay. Uh He might end up going somewhere else because I did want to take us down the line of who could potentially replace Ronaldo. That's why I was saying that. Uh
2: Do you think... Well, Rob, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you think Ronaldo goes before the end of the window? No. Because there isn't market for him. It's just that. I think he wants to go and, and I think if something magical opens up for him... This is why Barcelona were originally such a kind of appealing suitor for him because they don't care about money at Barcelona, do they? You know, they, they will find ways of doing business. And there's a difference between Barcelona Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid. There's just a huge difference in terms of the clubs and, the, and their relationships. You know, it does happen where Barca players and Barca, Real Madrid players do swap codes. It happens. So I think that... um with Cristiano, yes, if it, if there was a deal that came up that appealed to him, he would go and take it. I just do not believe that deal is there. It's just not not there. You said about Chelsea. Uh, I think with Thomas Tuchel, I think he's on borrowed time at that football club because I think the owners are going to run it very differently to the Abramovich administration. It's going to be a different kind of football club. Um, but I'll say this, and we said it all along. Tuchel does not want a number nine at Cristiano Ronaldo. He's just bought Raheem Sterling. You just said they haven't got the attack for it. I think they haven't got the defense for it. I think it's the attack is fine. I think Sterling, Havertz, and all the other pieces that have. No, oh, got... if you,
1: you listen to a Chelsea fan, the, the attack but,
2: isn't but fine. You, you know, I, I listen to a lot of Chelsea fans, and Chelsea fans have been telling me, even when they won the Champions League, we need a number nine. Yeah, they won the Champions League, but we need a striker. No, you don't. You just won the Champions League. You're Champions of Europe. It worked. Calm down. So I think it's a bit like that. So Chelsea fans are still like, our attack isn't good enough. I think when you've lost. Christiansen, Rudiger, and you're now going through and looking at replacements. Yeah, Koulibaly is a good player, but will he work in the Premier League? Is he too old? Does he have issues? I think there's all of those things that are more important. I don't think that Tuchel's going Ronaldo. That's the guy that gets us over the line here. That's the team he's going to make us loads better. He's not going to make you better. Raheem Sterling is going to make you better. And if you make your attack around Raheem Sterling playing over from the left or down the middle, I still think you're going to be a very good team. My point was, will Todd Bowley overrule what he wants? That, that's that's kind potentially, of yeah, totally. But I don't if, I think if that happens, that's the end of Tuchel. I think Tuchel might even walk. Why would he? <laughs> why would Tuchel want to do that? Put his reputation on the line because he's got Ronaldo in his team. That would be like taking the Man United issues and sticking them in West London. And I said all along, even though Chelsea were interested, that why would Chelsea do that? That would be like some kind of. Crazy way of blowing up your project, wouldn't it? At this stage.
1: Well, the way he's talking, that project is blowing up already, and it has been for a few months. So anyway, uh, let's let's talk. If Ronaldo does go, uh, or maybe if he does stay, uh, United are in the market for a, a striker. Obviously, they missed out on Darwin Nunes earlier in the summer. Went for quite a lot of money, to be honest. I think we probably wouldn't be talking about the same players that we have been every week on this show if United had assign, assigned Darwin Nunes. Uh, Benjamin Sesko, uh Red Bull Salzburg forward, mm-hmm. Slovenian 19 years old, highly rated, uh, has been linked with United in the last few days. I've seen a 55 million euro price tag put on him, which is utterly ridiculous, to be honest, because you look at Karim Adeyemi, who has joined uh, Borussia Dortmund earlier this summer. He is the next Player to kind of go into that Salzburg team and replace him. Obviously, they've had Erling Haaland in the past as well. Addie Amy signed for Dortmund for 30 odd million euros, I think. Something like that. I mean, why would his replacement be twice the price? It's just insane. Uh, especially when he hasn't had too much exposure at top level, but he is a highly regarded uh you know, young striker, six foot four, the modern forward. You know, you see Erling Haaland's uh Darwin Nunes, tall lad as well. Presses well. Scores a lot of goals. Sesco's kind of in this mould. Uh, United may be potentially quite smart to look in this direction. But, I mean, I don't see this one happening unless Ronaldo goes. I think United are probably looking at other areas. What do you make of these reports, Rob? I don't think they're too advanced at the moment,
2: but right profile of player to look at? Yeah, right profile of player kind of reminds me of when United were initially looking at Haaland before Haaland was the player he is today, obviously pre-Dortmund, mm-hmm. when there was a lot of hype. The difference with Haaland at that stage was that he'd been well-known, well-tracked and and was kind of destined for where he is now, for, for stardom and was being kind of groomed for that level even in the early days and just used to score goals for fun. I think with Sesko, we, we, you know, we talked about him off camera, you know, highly, um, highly talented young lad, Teenager, nineteen-year-old, kind of does fit the Ten Hag blueprint of maybe buying low and developing. I think that might be something that we see more of at Man United. That's and the most encouraging thing for me. Yeah, yeah, like, and, and this is the thing, like you just saying there, if Ronaldo stays, do you not do the deal? I think it's the other way around I think even if Ronaldo stays, for a nineteen-year-old on a relatively low wage at around that. 20 million mark I think we can speculate on the price but it's pointless because we just do not know that if you get him at a kind of achievable rate you might then be able to get a player like him that you can develop over a year or two or besides Ronaldo or behind Ronaldo and actually still give him minutes if Cristiano does need to be rotated in and out it then takes a little bit of pressure off anti-martial I think what we will see and we'll talk about these guys more later on we have done last week is that the existing Man United players who play in those positions talking about, you know, Tony Martial. I think they're the guys who probably benefit the most this season from the fact that Man United have had this kind of impasse with Ronaldo and the fact that Ronaldo didn't turn up for training for whatever reason that reason was. Because I think those guys have done really, really well. And I think in the first instance, they've made a really good first impression on the new manager. And that was vital, wasn't it, Scott? Because I think if you'd seen these guys the first month and gone, no, they're jokers the Jokers. I think we would be hearing quite soon that they're they having markets being built for them by Man United. Man United be shopping these players. And that is absolutely the opposite of what we're hearing. The opposite. and We're hearing that United are really happy how the guys responded. That's why they went and got this guy because he's a people manager and a tactician and a tracksuit coach. And you want all those things. And these guys have gone, we love this. This is what we wanted for a long time. So, yeah, you could go get Sesco. I think that might work. But it's only if you see him as a future star you know he would be brought in and be a kind of drip drip striker he'd get minutes he'd get he'd get opportunities. I think united fans would be quite excited to see a play like him play for us. I definitely would. I mean, I'm looking at yeah. some of the some past interviews with him. He
1: said my teammates at the club tell me that Haaland and I are very similar, especially in terms of speed. Most of them even tell me that I'm better than him as a joke I'm sure uh but you know he's he's had a reputation for a while of being the next one probably is a the old number nine died in a sense didn't it a few years ago but i think it's it's starting to make a comeback but in the form of high pressing teams you know you see them with uh with harland and darwin nunes liverpool and city have both got one will united end up getting one as well although not quite the finished product yet i think that'd be an exciting little project to take on i say little six foot four that's not little um but anyway uh we'll see where that goes i mean as far as we understand it Salzburg are not looking to sell him they see him as karamadi amy's replacement and that's how it'll end up turning and they out. see him but as the that. money will
2: talk the no they, but they talk. see him as that like like what why sell him now it's exactly like harland isn't it they had offers for Haaland. man united offered i think 19 million or something and they went oh that's a lot of money for a teenager it's going to be worth a lot more money in the future so don't worry about it we don't want that so i think that's the big hurdle in this deal but if united could negotiate it i don't know do you Send some loanies back there. Do you put a maybe in the future put a a sell on clause, which is something that United never liked to do in the the past? But you could stick a 10 or 15% sell on clause there. Why wouldn't they like
1: doing it? They can't sell players for nothing. Well, this is it, like they don't sell players
2: at all. That was an Ed Woodward thing. Ed Woodward was (laughs) like, We do not do sell on clauses, and I understood why he said that. Because you didn't want to buy someone and put that message out to the market that we might sell this player down the line. But if you're getting a young player like him at 19 and the only way to get him is to put a clause in the contract that says, yep, at night, you know, even if you put a mad sell on clause in there and say, yeah, do you know what? We're going to put a hundred million pounds selling on, on, on your in clause in your deal now, 100 million is not a lot of money in a year or two. It might not be. Some Real Madrid might look at that and go, we want him. So that leaves you open, but it means you get the player today. So all of those things do now need to be considered.
1: Obviously, if uh, Ronaldo does leave, you know, I think United, I th- already think United are quite short as it is. I don't know if they'll end up signing, let's say, a Frankie de Jong and Anthony, who we'll talk about in a second, and a striker. I think that's quite ambitious. I'm only expecting one. Two in the most optimistic world. Like, but then, can you see Anthony and Frankie de Jong joining in the same yeah. summer? I'm not so sure. Let's talk about Anthony anyway, because uh, from what we've heard uh, and from what everyone knows, United want Anthony. Uh, and Ajax want a certain amount of money for him, I believe that's around 80 million euros. Do you remember a few weeks ago where United were close to signing him for 40 million pounds?
2: <laughs> yeah, How we, ridiculous we, was that? But we said it, didn't we? we went 40 million, like they're not going to get him for 40 million. No like, chance. That's opening bid, I understand that, but 40 million for a player of this caliber, it, it would be daylight robbery.
1: Yeah, um, obviously, United have been playing Jaden Sancho on the right hand side in pre season. But they are a bit light there. I mean, they've got Rashford, uh, Martial, Garnacho, who hasn't had any minutes on the preseason yeah. tour. Christian erikson Christian Erickson could play in one of those positions as well. But I think United do need more. They do need a natural right-winger, so I understand why they're after Anthony. But the problem is, I don't see how they're going to get Anthony for any less than what Ajax really want, because obviously we have seen that United have taken their manager from them this summer. They've also taken... Lisandro Martinez from them, who is uh, rumored to be being presented by United officially on Wednesday. We're recording yeah. this on Tuesday. But United have ended up paying so much for Lisandro Martinez in whether that's add-ons or whatever. I think I can't remember the exact price that it took it up to. You're not going to get Anthony for a little bit more than that. And especially no, when I have sold so many players this summer, they're making noises that they don't want to sell anymore.
2: I think they will sell for the right price, but that's a lot of money, isn't it? It is, and there's a commercial value to Anthony as well because, like we just talked about, being a World Cup year, World Cup coming up now in uh, in the winter. If Anthony becomes a breakout star at Manchester United, joins the football club, he automatically becomes a superstar, doesn't he? He becomes one of the biggest shirt sellers in the world. That's what would happen. He's that kind of caliber talent. You know, you'd be building your attack around, say, Anthony on one side, Sancho on the other. That would be your kind of elite pairing, in in the, in the wider areas. Um, it, I still think it's a slow one. Like Manchester United did go back with an offer. Do want to talk about this? Do want the player? And I think that we're kind of at that crossroads that Martinez was at when he was being touted for Arsenal. And that is that the player does want to come to the Premier League. The player has got interest. Liverpool are interested in him, but Liverpool not prepared to execute any deal this summer. That's just not a thing. The only team that can really go to is Manchester United. And he is one of Ten Hag's boys, just like Martinez's. So it's one of these things now. I'd maybe put well, Chelsea in there as well. <coughs> maybe put Chelsea I, in there. I put Chelsea in there simply because Chelsea got a new owner and Chelsea are looking at so many different things. Um, I don't know what you to say saying there about the attack and all of this. I think mean, it's really, really difficult. Well, they tried to
1: sign Rafinha, right, and Raheem Sterling. So, well,
2: well, they they inquired about those players, but they actually didn't put the money up in the end. They didn't actually really go, "Yep, yeah, this is we're gonna we're gonna blow people out the water here." That didn't happen. So, I think with Chelsea is that there's a lot of talk and a lot of lot of hot heat coming out of that football club for obvious reasons, but it's not materializing completely. So they got they got Sterling, they got Sterling for a really good price. So I would not be surprised to see it'll be Sterling, and then they're trying to build around him with that. Does Anthony fit that? Yes, he does. But are you going to pay $80 for Anthony in that project? I'm not so sure. Not when you have to buy for other positions. So I I think they're they're an option for him. But I think with Anthony, and this is, again, this has come directly from Amsterdam. He wants to go to play for Man United. He wants to play for his old boss that he loves. You know, as I said, we we joked about it a few weeks ago where he did his video and said, you know, it's kind of the exit interview, the exit video for... um, for for uh for Ten Hag when he left, and it became almost like an interview. It's like, boss, if you ever need me, you know where I am. It's a bit like, oh, okay, you know, come and get me. Um, I think that Manchester United are still the leaders in this race. It's just if Man United want to do this, and if they want to do it, and they've got money to do it, they'll go and execute it. But we don't know with the De Jong thing. There will come a point with De Jong where United would just finally go, we do want a midfielder, but we're not doing this anymore this is ridiculous and we're done and we've got Anthony there banging on our door and he's not in the same position but we can go and get him now he'll help us and we can build around those positions
1: yeah I mean obviously we mentioned earlier there's a World Cup starting in November Anthony is on the fringes of yeah. the Brazil team but it's going to help his case if, if he's performing in the Premier League and you can understand why you know he wants this move not only will it be a bigger pay packet for him there'll be a bigger profile for him Mm. it'll also help him on the international stage as well we mentioned just now Rafinha has moved to Barcelona scored a screamer in the Classico friendly the other day he's going to play at a higher level than he was before which you'd think puts him in the Brazil reckoning Gabriel Jesus going to play every week for Arsenal probably yeah. have a good season. He's another one. You've got Neymar. You've got other players as well. So
2: Look Anthony's going to need... Yeah. He's, Look at Fred. He's- Fred plays for Man United, gets derided by all Man United fans and is the starting midfielder that they're building around for Brazil because he plays in the Premier League because he plays for Man United.
1: Yeah, and Anthony's probably going to need maybe think that it's the best for his career and his, for his world cup chances if he's doing it in the premier yeah. league compared to the eredivisie obviously you get champions league time as well but that's a lot fewer games to impress in a lot fewer chances so if he's playing in the premier league then you can understand that he might have a better chance of going to the world cup with, with brazil because they have a lot of competition in that area definitely the pitch uh but we'll see i mean i i think and i've said this a few times now i think this one's going to go <coughs> for a, this one's going to go for a few more weeks yet
2: yeah. Uh, or we'll a see. year. Or a year. <laughs> maybe maybe a year.
1: Maybe a year. Maybe it's... Uh... There is every
2: chance that United can this deal because they get De Jong done. And like you just said there in terms of can you bring multiple big targets in at the same time? That's difficult. That There is that chance that United go, yet yeah, we do want Anthony, but it becomes a bit more of a Sancho situation where it's brinkmanship. Where you go, no, I don't want to pay 80 million. So we're going to sit and wait and see. And in, in 12 months time, if Ten Hag still wants this player... We'll go and get him, but we want to pay sixty-eight million or something like that. So, there, there, what if, what if lot... Anthony goes to the World Cup after staying at Ajax, has a brilliant World Cup, and then his price is inflated? More and that there. is the fear, isn't it? Again, we said that a few weeks ago. We said if Anthony goes to the World Cup now in, in, in this winter and is a breakout superstar, he is going to be a hundred million pound player, and you're going to have to swallow that. And then United have to decide, hmm. If Liverpool sell Salah in 12 months or 24 months and they want Anthony, and they've got all that money in their pockets because of Salah, then is that a problem? Can we get this place? All of these things are real. They they are thought about behind the scenes. It's just a case of whether they actually happen. They don't always happen.
1: Yeah, let's see how this one goes. I'd imagine we'll be talking about Anthony on future shows as well before the transfer window closes. Let's talk uh, potential outgoings. Eric Bailly to Roma mm-hmm. has ramped up over the last few days. Yeah. Been pretty good on preseason, but we see a lot of Eric Bailly playing at sometimes not so well, but at sometimes actually it looks like he could be winning of United's best center halves, but always, always an injury guess in the way. Yeah. Word is that Jose Mourinho would like to take him to Roma as he was the one, I believe, who signed him did buy United him. in the first place. Yep. Reuniting with Chris Smalling at centre back, do you think this one is a potential goer,
2: Scott? Europa League winners written all over it, isn't it? Um, I, I think it is a goer, yeah, and and for several reasons. So I, I think Bay would quite like to play for Mourinho again. You know there is a relationship there, uh, but I do think also with the centre back position at Man United just well overstocked now because Martinez coming into the football club. Uh, Bay, you can see even on pre season where he's played quite well. He's down the pecking order still. You can see in the selections and the way that he's used. So, you know, would he get minutes at Man United? I think he might. But I don't think he's gonna get big minutes. So, in terms of his own career, going to somewhere like Roma under Mourinho might be really appealing. A league that's a little bit slower, no offense to Italian football fans, but it might suit Bai's injury profile a little bit more, where there isn't that wear and tear. In the Premier League, because he is such a healthy leather defender, he gets injured, doesn't he? That's what happens, you know, throws his body in, he gets hurt. And that's a problem. I think in in Italy, you'll be able to stay on his feet a little bit more, be a little bit more timed and be a little bit more Mourinho. You know, you'll have a bit more protection with him, a bit more of a lower block at times. Uh, I think that this is something that is a bit of a goer.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, United need to get some players out, I'd imagine, but towards the end
2: of the window...
1: And we he's on a best, yeah. he's on
2: a pretty good contract for what he does, you know. Like yeah. he's he, he's on, you know, he's one of these players that signed a big deal, so Man United could get a sell on fee for him eventually. And he hasn't played hardly since. So you've really got to get that contract off your books It's a bad contract. Yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. He
1: will not be the only one to leave if he does. Yeah. I would imagine. Mm. Uh, let's talk Paul Pogba. Not mm. a problem uh, for United to worry about anymore. Yeah. But is now injured for two months hmm. like you said at the top of the show Rob this is, imagine this was at United <laughs> imagine this was a United problem uh, it would dominate really... the headlines for weeks it's kind of, uh, wish Paul Popper all the best obviously uh, want him to succeed at Juventus etc etc but it's kind of nice to just be able to move away from this
2: yeah, I like Paul Pogba. I couldn't care if he succeeds at the events at all by Paul. Like I, I look at it like this with with Paul Pogba, and you're totally right there. What you're saying, that the 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 circus isn't his fault, but because of the dynamic between our press and players and players like Paul Pogba, it becomes crazy, doesn't it? And it's interesting that he's torn his meniscus. And it's a big injury, really. It's two months, but it can be longer. I mean, this is a really funny injury. It can be six weeks. Sometimes they can uh, remove the meniscus tissue and it can heal up really quickly and get going again. But I think for a footballer like Paul Pogba, we're just seeing so many injuries, aren't we, from him? And this was the big question on his contract, was not whether Paul Pogba is a good footballer. It's will Paul Pogba be available? And the truth is, Scott, on that is... It looks like no. So I like Paul Pogba as a footballer. We've always advocated him as a as a talent, but I think this is just bad luck on Juventus. I really do. Like, Juventus going to have to deal with this now and deal with this whole shebang that goes with Paul Pogba. It won't nearly be as bad as in England because the English press on these things are just crazy. But like you said there, this whole show would have been about Paul Pogba today. We'd have been talking about his injury, how dare he gets injured. You know, the United fan base would be like, what is he doing getting injured? It's his fault. How da-? you know, now the team is ruined and Ten Hag will get sacked and we haven't got a midfielder and we were going to go and buy De Jong and we're not going to get De Jong now because it's Paul Pogba's fault. <sighs> just boring isn't it it's terrible so this is the world we've lived in for such a long time in Man United and Paul Pogba thankfully he doesn't play for the club anymore you say wish him the best I wish him the best in his health and his career but at the same time I'm glad that this problem has been surgically removed from Manchester United because we just would have been talking about this all the time and you know we're just not going to talk about Scott McTominay getting injured in the same way are we Touchwood. <laughs> I still rather have <laughs> Paul in my, my team. And injured. <laughs> I still rather have Paul in my team. But it's one of those things. I, I, th- I think it's, you know, sometimes it's about talent and an effect. And I think the whole thing with the Paul Pulper effect was that it just didn't help Man United over a long period of time. So he's now someone else's problem. And we now need to find a player that can come in and plug in and help Man United win football matches from midfield. <laughs> Frankie.
1: Uh, <we'll> <laughs> <laughs> Might be waiting a while. I think we might be waiting. Uh, we yet. will see. God, United need a midfielder. Please sign a midfielder. Anyway, uh, let's talk about obviously preseason. The preseason tour is finished. Yeah. Of Australia United are now back in the UK. They play Atletico Madrid and Rio Valicano at the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I believe one team will play one game. Uh, one team yeah. will play another. Something yeah. along those lines. And there's also a behind closed doors friendly against Wrexham at some point this week. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who impressed you on the preseason season tour? Uh, let's, let's look at it as a whole. Obviously, United drew with Aston Villa in their final game after going 2-0 in the lead. Eric Ten Hag said it was unacceptable the way that they surrendered that two-goal lead. United have had a habit of doing that over the past season or so. For yeah. a little while, uh, good to get the bad habits out in friendly games. David De Gea not coming for a cross, copping some flack
2: totally and and i think the whole thing is that pre-season is for those things ironing out the curtains get those creases out and find a way so again united fans straight away highlighting obviously that villa game conceding those two goals oh it's all very manchester united it isn't you know i think what we're seeing is that that yes players will still have certain bad habits this is now up to this coach to see them in real time and find the solutions. And I'm the other side of that line now. So I don't worry that I see that because I think Ten Hag will sort that out. You'll find a solution to that. And if, and if David De Gea doesn't come for crosses or David De Gea doesn't do certain things with his feet, I think David De Gea will be out of the football club. I really believe that. I think yes, this manager, so. this mm-hmm. manager's not going to hang around for stuff. And and I liked his comments after the game about saying, you know, there were lots of positives, there have been lots of positives on the tour, but that's unacceptable. And I do not accept it. And I'm like, yes, that's what you want. And even Ranyik used to say stuff like that, but he just didn't have the power. Ranyuk would be like, yeah, this is awful. We're not doing this. But Ole didn't. Ole didn't really do that, did they? He wasn't this kind of outward? He kind of kept a close house. He didn't like to criticize his players for obvious reasons. He wasn't that kind of coach. I don't think this coach does that. I think this coach looks at the preseason tour. He'll be really pleasantly surprised with a lot of players that United fans will be saying are garbage and a junk. Because they're not garbage and junk; they just need direction. They need help. So, overall, really successful tour, I think. You know, and the fact that you didn't see anything of Martinez or Ericsson or even Cristiano now to this extent, you've still got options to bring into your team, and hopefully, you'll still continue to make one or two signings. And that's why I don't feel too low about any of it. You know, the, the Villa result—it's it's a preseason game. You can see goals, but I'd rather see it there than the first game of the season against Brighton. That is... Oh, wow.
1: So close. (laughs) Next Sunday. Not this Sunday coming. Next Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being back at Old Trafford. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm kind of looking forward to it, but I'm still burned by last season, but optimistic at the same time that we'll see something new. But also, no. You know, I need a midfielder. So, I don't know. that Frankie De Jong, even if he does magically end up turning up at Old Trafford, probably won't play in that game either.
2: yeah. And that's
1: going to drag on and on and on. Uh, United will probably have to make do with the players that they have, plus Lisandro Martinez, plus Christian Eriksen, plus potentially uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who could all, maybe if Ronaldo stays, play in that Wrexham friendly. We'll see. Get some minutes in their legs. Uh, Rob, uh, I'll wrap up in a little bit. Anything you want to say before we jet off?
2: No, I, I've, I've seen the seeds of what I want to see from this manager in the earliest days. I wanted to see Man United play with an identity. I wanted to see Man United play with a purpose. So I I kind of understand that you don't get all your transfer business done in one go. Generally, it's just not real. It does happen at some clubs. It doesn't generally happen at Manchester United. We know the reasons why that is. But overall, I feel really good going to that Brighton game. I'm already looking forward to it, even though it's a couple of weeks away, because I think I'm going to see a style of football that I didn't see last year and beyond. So I, I don't feel burned by it. I've, I kind of have it's it's completely wiped out of my head last season now because that was Oleg the Solskjaer season, and that was Ralph Ranick's season. And yes, it's the same players, but we've said it a lot on this show. The same players can be looked totally different with the right tactics and with the right coach. So you got to go with it. You know, Liverpool fans might've felt that the day Klopp arrived and City fans might've felt that when Guardiola arrived, you know, are we going to see things that we didn't like from before? Well, you were winning before City fans. So, you know, you might not have been as hurt as man United fans, let's be honest, but it's about the process. And now this process has started and it's ongoing. And I, I feel, I feel really good about it. Like I am, I'm not going to judge Anthony Martial as he has a bad game against Brighton. I'm going to say, no, let's see what you can do with this coach over a period of time. Yes, the United fan base are reactionary. Yes, they get upset about any like little tiny thing. But I don't think we can all live our lives like that. I think we've got to have a bit more realism injected into this. Should we do a prediction show in the
1: future no. before the season starts,
2: Rob? No, you, no. you don't do oh, those, No, you? <laughs> oh, 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 no, no, no. Look, we, we, could do, we could do a broad prediction show. I don't like predicting score lines and stuff because, again, that's so binary about, yeah, we'll beat Brighton 3-0 or 6-0 or 1-0. No, go and win. That's what, what I predict is this manager has got the tools to get it right. And if he's got the tools, We've got to back him, we've got to give him time, and we've got to give him sign-ins. And those sign-ins have started, not the most dynamic ones in the world. But say tomorrow De Jong gets done. Say just tomorrow. Then the world suddenly changes, doesn't it? May United fans will be like, oh, we've got Frankie. Well, Frankie might play the first month of the season and look garbage. We don't know. You have to you have to calm it down a little bit. We do need a midfielder. We do need sign-ins. But the process Frankie
1: is- Diong is a center back. <laughs>
2: See, this is the whole thing about we didn't, this we didn't mention this we didn't mention it we didn't mention it because it's so ridiculous <laughs> in the sense that he's pl- like javi's played him and then javi made that statement of i really like dion which is what barcelona have said in every statement about dion yeah, we really yeah. like him he's really good but you're playing at center back what are you doing and you're playing- try- and you're going to sign jules koundé as well and, and, and one of the things was one of the people connected with barcelona and a lot of their media uh, outlets said who's kind of close to the camp and and i and i like the comment frankie looks sad oh, i didn't say that he looks that was the comment the comment come directly from some of their press call when it was one of their presenters i think who does stuff there said frankie looks sad doesn't look happy just looks sad on on a, on a pitch doesn't look you know just just not the guy that we know you know he, he just looks unhappy so if you've got an unhappy footballer with a football club that wants to sell get on with it you've got a buyer You've got a guy, Ten Hag, who loves Frankie de Jong. And Frankie de Jong is not the guy holding this up. We must keep stating this. Um, there's every chance he stays at Barcelona, but he's going to have to take an incredible pay cut. And if that's what he wants to do, Scott, good luck to you, mate. If you want to get rid of 200 grand's worth of your wages to b- play for the Blaugrana and to be a Barcelona legend, go for it. You know, you get everyone's backing player, for that. By the way, by but well. if you don't, exactly. If you want to play at centre-back every few weeks... And, you know, have this, have your reputation destroyed because you're so keen to stay at Barcelona. I don't think he's keen to stay at Barcelona. I mean he's keen for his money and he's trying to do the right thing by saying to Barcelona, pay me and then I'll go. That's just where we stand with it. But I do think Man United have to make a decision for our football club now. We would say, well, Frankie de Jong's a great player, but is he the right guy to go along with this now? You know, and we talk about this every week. We're going to keep talking about it. And as I said, I would not be surprised if this is a deadline day signing. <sighs> Long time coming. Uh, we'll see
1: how it goes. Obviously, we say that every week regarding Frankie De Jong, but uh, nothing's
2: really changed. Uh, hopefully, you know it's end- the genuine this- gridlock. It's the genuine transfer gridlock. This is exactly what happens every year, and this is a deal that cannot progress until Barcelona decide that they will pay this guy his money, and it is heinous. That their football club is buying new players, paying them tons of money and not paying the guy who deferred his wages to help save the football club in the last couple of years. It's really, really nasty. And I, I have no idea why why Frank Dion would ever want to stay at that football club. We will see. You can
1: subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. And watch us twice a week as well on Tuesdays and Fridays on our YouTube channel. So head over there, hit the like button, join the community, subscribe, leave a comment and the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform. And follow us on Twitter and get in touch with us at underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promise and MU for the show. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back on Friday ahead of United's final two preseason friendlies. And maybe we'll have some more transfer news to talk about. Thanks for listening.